Welcome to the Faith Church Peshtigo podcast. My name is Christoph, and with me today is Pastor Jeff Klossy. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Christoph. How's it going, man? It's going well. How are you doing this morning? I am really well. How are you doing? Good, good. Doing all right. Uh, I heard you had an unlikely guest this morning at your house. So exciting. So I was out in our driveway getting some things ready for the day, getting the car loaded up, and I went back in my house, looked out my back window, and a medium-sized black bear cub was wandering uh, through my backyard. It was quite the sight, and I immediately thought, where are the dogs? Okay, good. The dogs are in the house. So yeah, really awesome. I, by the time I got the kids to the window, he he or she took off. Yeah. Um, so did not linger, and I did not see Mama Bear, which I'm glad. Did for, you but... Did you have like any pots of honey that were out that were uh, <laughs> no stolen? pots of honey? No, no, pots no of... <laughs> nor likenesses of Yogi or anything. So I don't know, but uh, I did alert our neighbors so that they would mostly just for dog's sake. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But yeah, that was a fun wake you up sighting i've yeah. not seen them that close to our house before no so. that's crazy yeah. uh so it's it's been a while since you've been on the podcast hasn't it i mean we're talking probably a couple months three maybe three months yeah back maybe in May. probably yeah the beginning of the summer i that's was wild. i'm sure i was on yeah yeah i was you know i had this um extended time away yeah. which was really wild and and quite the gift actually and we were adventuring all over all over wisconsin and the up basically and it was really fun. I'm very excited to be back, and it's been awesome the last couple of Sundays to get to reconnect with people and and hear how summer's going. Yeah, that's been awesome. I'm also really excited not to answer the question anymore of where's Jeff. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> hey, where's the other bearded dude? Um, it's a good question. No, I obviously knew where you were, but that's yeah, it's great to have you back. Was there was there one place that was unexpectedly awesome that you checked out in in Wisconsin or the UP? Oh, good question. I mean, maybe not unexpectedly, but. We did spend a week in Minocqua area. Okay. And that part of the state, I love it. Is that where, where is I'm. So if you know where Rhinelander is. Yeah. Okay. It's that general neck of the A little woods. further north. Yeah. One summer in college, I spent at Fort Wilderness, which is a camp up there. So I know that area from like, you know, a long yeah, time ago. Yeah. So it was really fun to be there and get in the woods and bike and fish and all the things that you, you know, that we like to do at least. Yeah. How are you though? You had a big weekend this yeah. last weekend. Yeah, we did. We took the youth, we took uh, 20 kids camping over in Merrill, uh, Wisconsin. And it was, it was great. It was, you know, it's funny because last year we planned a camping weekend as well and it ended up getting rained out. So we called it our camping, non-camping weekend. And uh, this year we, we got halfway through. We got, we got one night in and then we had to pack up and come back because once again, storms rolled through. And not just like, oh, it's going to rain for an hour, but like hours and hours and hours yeah, and hours. Yeah. We're talking substantial. We were, we were ready to make them rough it. And then uh, it was it was a lot of rain. And we were just like, eh, I, don't, I don't know. We're blessed with a, with a really you know nice youth wing. Let's go back there. We can cook. We've got a kitchen back there. Um, and we still, you know, the nice thing was we still came back. We still spent time outside. It wasn't like we came inside. We still took everyone's phones. All the screens were off. Um, we, we tried to preserve the heart of the weekend as much as possible, which was getting away from a lot of the noise and just spending time. Our, our, our goal was to spend time with Jesus. That was the whole theme of the weekend. And I, I think we were still able to accomplish it, um, albeit a little bit differently than, than expected. Yeah. So, I, so last year I was with you on the uncamping camping trip yeah, and that was a blast how God provided. And as I watched and was texting from a distance this year, as you were walking through it, I was amazed again at how God 
in his sovereignty works out those details yeah. you know it was cool yeah. i'm really glad that it worked out to camp at least one night this time because yep. that's a fun experience to have but like you said there's such an amazing place here yeah and you were able to make pull that off and even you had dinner here didn't you saturday yep. night yeah. and yeah and then you were able to have communion together Sunday yeah. morning and yeah maybe a lot of people at church didn't know but we were all back in the youth wing we were like well while we're here why don't we do church together and we stayed back in the youth wing put overflow on uh had communion together which was really special so that was that was really good it is i think there were there were some people who knew because one person asked me i've (laughs) i've heard i've been hearing like uh laughter and basically describing life yeah um in that back room what's happening and i was like oh that's the the youth camp out they're camping out in there yeah (laughs) so yeah, we. Uh, I was. I was trying to make sure that we were at least preserving some, uh, some, some quietness, but it was kind of hard. They actually, there was a group of kids. So I don't. I don't know if you know. And then we can get to the the, the topic. But spike ball. We've been playing spike ball all summer, which is basically you have a um, a, a net on the ground that's that's held up by this like circle and it's tight and you have a ball that you slam into it you spike it in there and you have two people playing against each other and and they have been so all about spike ball that Sunday morning. They wanted to go outside and play. And I was like, ah, you know, I don't know how people are like rolling into church. Maybe, maybe not. And so they actually set it up in the middle of the youth wing and they were playing spike ball literally up until we were about to start. I think it was like 630 on the dot. They were, they were in the middle of a game. They're like, okay, last point uh, wins the game. And so they were all about it. It was fun. So that's probably what they ended up hearing. I love that though. Yeah. Yeah. We had a, we had a lot of fun. It was fun. Like that last week too, we had VBS here which was amazing as well. Yeah. And all the life yeah. that that brought into this building, like, and then having you guys there on Sunday, it's just a joy. It was a full week. It was it, a really good full week. Yeah. Amazing, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, your theme of spending time with Jesus on your camp out really tied in well to the sermon that Jay preached from Acts 17 on Sunday. Yeah. Didn't it? Yeah, so that's the cool thing. So so Jay is actually gone. He's on vacation with his family, so you and I are going to get a chance to talk about his message. Um, and it was really cool how the, the theme of our weekend was time with Jesus. And then the sermon, um, on Acts 17 about the Bereans really kind of had that same heart of, of this group of people who needed to, uh, really have a, a, a heart and mentality of, I, I want to go where God is calling me. I want to go where God is leading me. And that sort of posture you know, led them to God's word and it led them to Jesus, which was just awesome. And I had a few youth actually at the end, they were like, did you, did you plan that? And I was like, no, man, we got rained out. We, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was absolutely not planned, but by God's providence, we, we got to, um, tie that all in together. It was, it was really special. I love it. I'm, I'm going to read a key verse Yeah, from what please do. I think, I mean, it's that all the verses are important every week, but I think this one was very key. It's Acts 17 verse 11. It says, now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Yeah. So as they would hear this, you know, here's a truth about the Messiah, for example, and we think this is Jesus. We know this is him. Jesus is this Messiah. They wouldn't just ask themselves, what do I think about that? Right. They would say, well, what does the word say about that? Yeah. And that is the model, right, for all of us as we follow Christ, a reference point to know what is real and what is true. And even when, like, you, you use that phrase, spend time with Jesus, which is a beautiful phrase. Yeah. But it's it's not just the Jesus of our own making or a Jesus of our own conception. 
right? Yeah. It's Jesus as revealed in the scriptures. Yeah, absolutely. And and I like I think on Sunday Jay really highlighted that because we hear, you know, we hear about the Bereans, we talk about being like the Bereans. If you've been in the church for any period of time, you have you have probably heard that. And a lot of times what that translates to ends up being uh, be someone who has a strong, and I'm going to use a big, big Bible term or a big, big theology Careful. term. Uh, you, use, use your hermeneutic, right? You want, a, you want a strong hermeneutic, which which hermeneutic is just how you interpret scripture, how you um, study scripture. Um, without, and if, in, in what I think we end up inadvertently doing is we end up jumping ahead a few steps of what the Bere- what what the story of the Bereans was actually about. Like that, that came, that was important. It was really important to have a really well-developed, how do I, um, spend time in God's word. But even before that, and this is what Jay really highlighted, and it was just, it was, to me, it really challenged and encouraged me was, it was their posture in approaching God's word that really, um, really helped illuminate that. It was, uh, they, it was juxtaposed, right, with the, uh, with the, with the Thessalonican Jews who were, were rude and, and frustrated and they, they, they didn't, they didn't want to hear it. In these ones, it says they were more noble and they received it with eagerness. There was just this excitement of, oh, this this is the fulfillment. This is Jesus. This is our Messiah. This is God, right? Like this is our King. Um, and and there's just an excitement to that. And I, I love that because I think too often when we skip ahead, and this is this is kind of what my big take when we skip ahead to, well, how do I put the homework in, get the information, get the knowledge, get the data. Um, we're, we're skipping out on the big part, which is, well, what is our heart posture before we even approach that? You know what I mean? I do. And I think that's really important because unfortunately, at least in my experience, sometimes um, the people who have mastered that second part really well. Yeah. So you, they might like be looked at as very knowledgeable or Bible experts. Often, at least in the way they communicate or in their living, they lack, unfortunately, the heart posture you're describing, one of the key points in that posture is humility. Mm, so yeah. when we approach God's word, we approach it in humility, knowing that we don't have it all figured out, knowing that we need him, God, to teach us through his word. And that's a posture that like, we don't come to a point where we don't need it anymore. That's a lifetime. Sure. As, yeah. as we live as a disciple of Jesus, meaning a student, someone who's trying to learn from him, if we lack humility, we've moved on from from that understanding that we don't have it all figured out to, well, I've mastered this book now. I've mastered it, and now there's pride and there's other things that come out. Well, that kind of Really feels, sadly, right? Yeah, and that feels a lot like when, even in Jesus' ministry, when he's butting heads against a lot of these Pharisees, that seems to be kind of the, the key feature is just this, we've got it figured out, you're wrong, like when you when you take a step back and you think about it, they're literally looking God in the face, saying, "No, you're wrong," and I mean they end up they end up crucifying you. I mean they end up they end up killing the God they're claiming to defend. Yes, which is is wow. Um, and then we see further on, you know, as we're reading through Acts, which is what we have been is that that continues, even though we see affirmation after affirmation of um, God's grace through these from miracles that are happening and the gospel is spreading and we're seeing these incredible things happening, 
And yet there are still people who are hearing this gospel and they're going, no, 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 you've got it wrong. Here are the right things. Here's point number one. We need to make sure we're doing this. We need to make sure, you know, we're not doing this on the Sabbath, but we're doing this. We need to make sure that, you know, the proper people are uh, circumcised. And, and, and there's just like this list of things. And they're going, no, 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 you're, you're, you're missing it. Take a step back. Like we, It's not even like they're not willing to have that conversation. They're saying we need to take a step back, heart posture, like humble ourselves before our God, which... I'm sorry. I'm gonna like. I feel like I'm starting to preach more than podcast here. But like, that's the whole message of the Old Testament too, right? Like, if my people were to humble themselves over and over and over again, and yet yet they don't, and yet we don't. And to not act like as if you and I don't do the same thing, but 100. percent It's it's just this lack of humility, and but we see it with the Bereans, which is incredible. I love it. Sorry. Okay. Anyways, rant done. Oh, and I think it's why this passage is so important for us today right now. Like you said, this is not something that, yes, in the early church, they were struggling with this as they, no, this is right now for every single one of us who follow Jesus. There is a tendency in us because of our brokenness that's still there. You know, we're being redeemed, but we still have broken hearts, right? Yeah. Um, that, that wants to assert our own prideful opinion over God's. And unfortunately, for a lot of us, the hard thing about it is it's very subtle because if we realized what we were doing, we wouldn't do it. Yeah. So like you just described this tragedy of the people of God crucifying God. Right. Right. Like, and if they realized what they were doing, I don't think they would have done that. Right. If they, right? If, if they actually believed that that was what was happening, they, of course they wouldn't have done it, but no. they, but they were blinded by, by their arrogance. Right. Exactly. And th- so that's like a big, you know, test case or a big example right. of what that, that heart, how that fleshes out into the world. And we are in the midst of a time where there are just constant bombardment of voices that claim authority, claim a lot of times special knowledge or insight into a circumstance or a situation that we are then supposed to follow. And I'm not talking about just theological, talking about living, right, life. Like right. even, even just yesterday, um, someone sent me a couple videos that I was, uh, they wanted me to watch cause they had questions about that was just kind of self-proclaimed experts talking about Jesus in ways that were not accurate. Right. And so we are, we're living in a time where that there's just voices coming at us from a lot of places. So understanding this importance of this heart posture and constantly like building a reflex in ourselves, we're always saying, yeah, but what does God say in his word? Yeah, but what does God say in his word? What is Jesus's perspective on this from his word? We need that. We need to build that, that reflex and encourage it in one another. Well, and I think we need, we need to do a better job. It's, it's not like it's a bad thing to have opinions or, or thoughts that are outside of scripture that you believe are, 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 are godly things, right? Like that's not a problem. Um, the, the problem is, is when we end up, um, we end up not developing the muscle that allows us to properly go, well, this is clearly and explicitly stated in scripture. And this thing is not explicitly clearly stated in scripture, but let me help you understand how I got there from scripture. Um, if that makes sense. It does. And, and I think that we have done a poor job, or at least we're doing a poor job of separating those two out and going, well, this, this is something that 
I use scripture as a foundation to develop and say this is something that that we believe in. Um, but it's not something that's clearly given like a, hey, this is an absolute teaching of God. We do have to, we are exercising um, kind of this systemic thought of, well, we're putting together a process and saying this is what it obviously means to to be a Christian. We have to be willing to say this is a more open-handed thing that isn't clearly defined in Scripture, and this is something that is a close-handed thing that is clearly defined in Scripture. Yes. You know, um, and I, I think that's that's a part of it. Um, but we just, we just happen to have a lot of people who are going, well, this is a clearly defined in scripture, uh, thing. And it's, it's, it's not, I love And so I would love to hear your thoughts on this because it reminds me, it reminded me of, of what Jay said in his sermon. Um, and I'm going to butcher the quote. I'm not going to butcher it. I, I, I can't remember the first half, but I remember the last half. He said that essentially the Bible isn't like a, a, a textbook for us to go to, but it is more like a communion table. Do you remember that? Yeah. What did you think of that? Well, I mean, I think it's right, right? It's, it's, this is a, the Bible is a vehicle through which we connect with the living God. So it's relational. And when it's treated like a mere textbook, which, you know, many of you know that for almost 13 years of my adult life, I spent ministering on university campuses, yeah. right? Yeah. Where um, the Bible is not, these are public universities, right? The Bible is not held up as a book of authority at all. And uh, yet there are people in those spheres that are experts in it, that teach classes on the Bible. And in fact, some of them that I met had more knowledge of the Bible than just about any Christian I've ever met. You know, they mm. became experts in it, but it's experts in it as a text, as some sort of, um, like you, like the word textbook, that's a good example. But there's no relational connection with God. There's no acknowledgement of him as the source of it and certainly not done in community with others, you know, who are following him. So I've definitely, I've seen that, that happen you know, where a person can be a Bible expert and quote, you know, large chunks of the Bible, but it means nothing to their right. life. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that that's a, you know, a really important piece is that we oftentimes when we, when we, when we approach scripture as, a, a list of, and, and I, I love memorizing scripture, but if we look at it as just a bunch of quotes to memorize, then we're missing out on the fact that our faith is not just a bunch of quotes to memorize. Our faith is a living and active relationship with the God who created the universe. Like that was, and, and you were connecting, we were connecting the youth weekend with, with what was preached. And that was really my aim for the weekend with the youth group, time with Jesus, intentional time with Jesus. I actually, one of the things I did this past weekend, and it was it was hard for me. I love teaching. That is like my heart. I love teaching. Um, any chance that I get an opportunity to teach, I'm going to try to take advantage of it. But this weekend, I felt like God was saying, no, we need to help youth realize that time with Jesus is the most important thing, not time hearing Christoph teach about Jesus. And so I didn't, I, I, I didn't teach. I wrote up a few, like a a few sentences devotional. I gave scripture to go through and I gave prompt questions. And so our devotional time, our time over the weekend with the youth was not Christoph teaching. It was students time in God's word, trying to hear, um, from, you know, hear from the living and active God. If we actually believe that God is living and active, we need to act like it. But I think a lot of times we, we don't act like it. We act like he's just quotes for us to memorize or put on coffee mugs or put on our Facebook you know, pages 
in, in, in not that he is living actually. Let me, let me ask you a question with that. What, what do you, so if, if someone were saying, okay, that's, that's great. What does it look like to try to intentionally listen to or toward, or to cultivate that relational aspect with God? Like what has that looked like for you or what sort of encouragement would you give to someone to have that posture like the Bereans who are noble and excited in approaching God's word? That's a, I love that question. Well, I think, uh, I'll give you the answer that has helped me. I would just qualify it with, because each one of us has a unique personality and wiring. Yeah. What works for other people might be different. But for me, I actually remember very clearly when I made the shift. Um, so I'm wired very intellectually. I love to study. I love to read. I love to figure things out. Yeah. And, um, so my approach to the scriptures in my early days when I was really growing in my faith was very academic and it kind of in that sphere. Um, but I believe, so it wasn't just like a textbook, but it was a book I wanted to figure out essentially. And I remember, um, someone who was mentoring me, discipling me, encouraging me to connect with Jesus through his word and to treat it, um, to have certain times when I was studying it academically but then have other times where I was reading it relationally. And for me, what that means, what's worked for me is that those times with Jesus, when I'm, when I'm connecting with him and his word relationally are very prayerful. It's almost like, um, I don't have prayer in the word. I have prayer in the word together. They're not two separate things. So even as I'm opening the Bible, I'm saying to God, Lord, this is your word. Would you be speaking to me through it? Would you speak to me? Help me to understand what I'm reading about you and how this would apply to my life. So that's what's going on in my mind and in my heart, even as I start to read a psalm. Like you, people who are listening to the podcast know by now that I love the psalms. Yeah. So every day I'm reading at least a psalm and, and among other things. But when I'm getting into that psalm, I'm asking him, okay, Lord, what is the, what is the sentence or the few words in here that I really need today? that I need to hear from you to understand you that maybe are going to encourage me or maybe they're going to correct me or maybe they're going to be for someone else that comes across my path today. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But that, that interaction, just like you and I are interacting right now, back and forth, back and forth, that's what's happening. And when I approach the word relationally, so it's not that I pray at the beginning of it and ask for God's help. And then I read a bunch of his word and I take a bunch of notes. And at the end, I then pray again. Prayer is throughout the whole time those things are, are not really separated. Yeah, we do that, don't we? We, we do. We, we tend to separate prayer time with reading God's word. And, and it's kind of, it actually is kind of weird when you think about it. Is it weird that we do that if we actually believe the Bible is God's word? If that is his voice, if that is, you know, him communicating with us, then what else would reading the Bible be? It's, it's one act right? It just has different modes to it. Like you're receiving and then you're responding, you're receiving and responding to him. And that's, I guess that's one way that I would encourage people to experiment with. And it might take some pulling back a little bit. Um, cause each one of us probably has different ways that we get into the word. Um, and just observe how you do that. Cause I'm describing a very specific way that I do it. And you might find as you examine your own way of interacting with the word and with God that you are already doing what I'm describing mm. and you just didn't realize it. Yeah. Cause I'm getting into the minutia. Um, but I would encourage you, um, if you do not, if you're not communicating with God, even as you're reading and pausing and slowing down, um, try it, 
Try asking him, what is the thing that's puzzling you about the passage you just read? What is it that you hope to get out of it? And, and I would just keep expressing, you know, whenever we can take a monologue in our own head and turn it into a dialogue with God, we are moving towards, I think, holiness and health, wholeness and goodness with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had heard somewhere too that someone had mentioned that prayer is oftentimes uh prayer is oftentimes a unique look into what heaven's going to be like um because we are we are going to be constantly worshiping and communicating with and being in relationship with with God in in heaven you know and so there's like this eternal aspect to prayer that is beautiful that i i think we we miss out on as well sometimes and we go how can i cultivate that to understand how this is going to beautifully look like in eternity um, and it's going to be a joyful thing. I think some people might hear that and go, oh man, if eternity is, is, is like my prayer life, that is going to be rough to which I would challenge you and go, okay, well, what, what aspects of prayer then are, are boring? What, what, what aspects, and I don't want to sound harsh when I say this, but what aspects of communicating with the God who created the entire universe, who promises to listen and to respond is, is boring, uh, because if it's boring, I kind of feel like that's something that might be going on with me. And that that actually, so one of the things as you were speaking, one of the things that I, I feel like is really helpful for me in cultivating that heart, if we're going kind of back to this this idea of the Bereans and, and their heart posture towards approaching God's word, one of the things that's really important for me is confession. Um, I One of the things that we talked about over the weekend with the youth, and, and it was a little bit of a perplexing question at first, but I think as I explained it, it was helpful to them. Was was the question? What has God? Um, what sins have God has God forgiven you from, and what sins have God has God shielded you from? Because it's really easy sometimes. So, uh, if you're someone who has a, a you know really, I, I don't know if I want to say checkered past, but you have a very colorful past. You know, uh, you indulged in sin. You you can explicitly say these are the things that I was steeped in. Jesus saved me. Uh, and, and I am no longer steeped in those sins. What, what an incredible, that's an incredible testimony. It's, it's fantastic. Um, but for those who maybe grew up in a Christian household who maybe didn't have, um, as colorful of a past, they go, well, what has God, you know, forgiven me from? It's really easy to look back on that and go, well, God has actually forgiven and saved you from all of those same things. He just did it in a way that was different than that other person. He shielded you from those. Like by God's grace, you like, didn't fall into addiction or you didn't fall into abusiveness or whatever that is. Like he saved you from those same things. And so when I'm, when I'm thinking of approaching God's word, I'm thinking one, what do I need to confess in my life currently? Because there's, there's always something that's always going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, there's always something stirring up inside me that I need to confess to God and go like, this is, I need to repent of this. Help me repent of it. And I, I have found that I have a more rich time in God's word when I spend time in confession prior to it, because I'm, I am, I'm, I am humbling myself once again, humbling myself, reminding myself of who I am and who God is, um, because that's, you know, ultimately what confession is. That's really good. That's true. And I would agree. And that's been helpful for me as well. I I don't have a rule at all where I have to do that before. Right. right. But I do think as you, I mean, for me, as I read the word, I will see, okay, here's what Jesus wants and here's what's really good for me. And here's where I am. And whenever there's that dissonance, that difference. I love that word dissonance. then, Then it's, okay, Lord, I'm not there. Forgive me for what I have done forgive me for what I have left undone, you know, like that kind of famous confession, but that's all part of it. 
And I think the more my heart is focused on him and interacting with him rather than just reading a book, that's what naturally happens. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just, it, it starts to flow, flow out. And I think a beautiful thing as well is that this can happen. Yes, it can happen with me and God, but then it could happen with you and me and God. Sure. Yeah. Like a whole group oh, of yeah. us yeah. could be, could be interacting with him over his word. And that's a beautiful thing when you, when you have brothers and sisters that to do that with, and well, we need that. I would, I would assume, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but in, in this culture of act 17, they probably were doing it together in community. The Bereans probably were gathering together. They probably were dividing that together. Um, and so I would say that not only some of the time, like that has to be a, that's, that's another thing that needs to be a constant is like, we need to be, um, doing this together, uh, approaching God's word together. Um, because the, the other cool part of that is then when, when we're not approaching God's word with nobility and eagerness, we have brothers and sisters who can call us on that and they can say, you know, I think you're, you're approaching this, you know, um, you, you're coming in with a lot of presuppositions and you're a lot of your own opinions. Like maybe let's table those for a second and try to humble ourselves a little bit. And so that's, that's necessary. Yeah. And we, we all need that because we can't see what we can't see. <laughs> we really can't like we have it's wise words, these, these blind spots and self-deception. That's just unfortunately part of our current condition. And the antidote I think to that is obviously God's spirit working in us and he will reveal things. And he does that often through those closest to us mm -hmm. in our lives. And, you know, and sometimes the enemy of, of doing what you just described, like doing this together is, um, in our head, a picture of it that is so idealized and perfect that we could never achieve it. Right. So you, as you described that some people might be imagining, well, every morning I have this group of people that I get together with and we read the word together and we pray and that would be beautiful i just don't think most of our lives are set up to do that right well, right right so it, another way of like conceiving that is to say yeah that could be awesome but what else what are some other ways and maybe i'll just ask this question and you can answer too what are some other ways that we could work that out in our lives yeah. given all the things that we're doing well that's where you know and that's where i think intentional like there's a lot of great intention behind having Bible studies and a lot of great Bible studies that are out there. Um, I, I think that's where when we have the heart of, of eagerness, those can be beautiful things where we schedule intentional times, whether it's, um, you know, guys want to get together and do kind of this guy's study or girls want to get together and do this girl's study or families want to gather together and have a meal together and, and, and do that together. That's where, that's where community flourishes. Um, but I, I think, you know, th and this is the, the hard part is that a lot of times people kind of skip again that eagerness and they go, well, what's the checklist on the church? Got to be a part of a small group. Got to be a part of a Bible study. Got to be a part of these things. And it becomes more of an obligation on a checklist. And you're not approaching it like the Bereans were. Instead, you're approaching it as just kind of this thing where you go in. And how many of us have been a part of Bible studies where it's just, you know, people spouting off their opinions and it, you kind of leave and you're like, oh, well, there, there goes so-and-so again, you know, just kind of spouting off their thing. Um, and it, you, you leave feeling kind of empty. It doesn't feel alive. Um, and I think all of us have been a part of those. I've been a part. I've, I've, I've been the one who's caused that to happen before, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, and so this is where I think having that heart. And like you said, this is something that happens. I, I personally think this is something that happens prior to even having that community because it's the Holy Spirit working inside of us. The community part is a fantastic and an important piece of it as well. Um, 
but we have to have the heart posture of humility. Otherwise we're just going to, um, there's, there's the chance that we just, you know, derail it. We just kind of walk in and nuke it. Yeah. Well, that obligation part can be really challenging. Yeah. Um, you know, another way that, that I, you know, I think that this could play out in, in a way that's doable. I mean, short of rearranging our schedules, which I think that could be a possibility, mm-hmm. but I think another way to do this is you, you are in the word, you're interacting with Jesus, and then you're talking with other people during the day about, about that. Yeah. The natural so, rhythms of life exactly. already. Yeah. And so you, you're connecting over or over whatever, and you say, Hey, can I share what I read this morning? in my time with Jesus and, and how he spoke to me and how did he speak to you? Yeah. And I think there's a way in which those conversations, um, can be really, really life giving and really encouraging and not a way of, you know, showing off or bragging about how much you did. Like, of course our sin can make it into that, but I think there's a way of doing those conversations. That's just so life giving to the people in our lives. Um, I think about my own kids and, and trying to do that with them increasingly and asking them, how is it going with their time with Jesus in a way that isn't guilt inducing, right? right. Cause that right. guilt is like the worst motivator. It does not work. It right. might work short term, but it doesn't produce, it, it, it produces rotten fruit. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. It, so we need to be able to be motivated. Like, like we're motivated to keep breathing air. Like we need it. Mm. And, um, we're not usually needing to be convinced to do that. I think that's similar to how his word is. And that's something his spirit needs to work in us too. Yeah. His spirit enlivens our hearts Yeah, as we read. Yeah. I love it. I love it. All right. Um, I think we will, uh, yeah, we will finish. I appreciate Jeff getting a chance to, you too, to do the podcast again. If you have any questions for the podcast, you can send us an email, connect at faithpeshko.com. Um, we're also on Facebook. You can send us a message. We love talking about topics or um, discussing things. Otherwise, you know, we try to release a podcast after every Sunday sermon, just kind of following up as we have been going through the book of Acts. It's kind of crazy. We have uh, we are 130 episodes into this podcast, and I know it's been a blessing for us here, even at, as as the staff, to be able to to do this and process through um, these messages and through God's word together. So hopefully it's been a, a blessing to you who is listening as well. But as you go this week, we pray that you would go in peace. Yeah.